You're listening to The Seventh Reel. This week, The Wild Bunch, a 1969 film directed by Sam Peckinpah, and Deliverance, a 1972 film directed by John Boardman. Michelle, you picked these films. That's a little bit odd coming from you in this selection. Why? Because I decided to read whatever Quentin Tarantino's book is called. Cinema Speculation. Thank you. So don't. <laughs> That's really, wait, wait, he really called it that? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Amazing. Which and I didn't finish. There's one chapter where he's like, but what if Brian De Palma did this? And that's the cinema speculation. And then the rest of it uh, is just him describing different movies. Yeah. I mean, he could have been wrote an entire book about what if this did this. Yeah, what if, so like cool. the whole of Deliverance was spoiled in, <laughs> in the book. And I'd never seen it before, so... He just assumes you've seen it. Yeah, I felt like I had already seen it. But oh, I did want to see it. Did you like it? Yeah, I loved Deliverance. I thought it was great. Mm. Right? It's such a good movie. It's, it's a wonderful movie. I, I'm really impressed by it. What about The Wild Bunch for the both of you? Mm. <laughs> 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 we had the same reaction. <laughs> I thought it was an amazing know. Western. <laughs> I had a really, really good time with it. It felt like it was a different kind of Western. It felt like darker than other Westerns. Yes. Like it was going into more of like the Hollywood new wave stuff. Mm. Yeah, like with, with the, the excess morality and, and yeah. yeah, and them being all bad people. They're all terrible, which is why I loved about them most. Both sides of the law are. This it makes a very good point. But like this, this time period was not a peaceful period at or like a period that you should think back with nostalgia for one this place uh they, this is like a later western this takes place in like 19 past 1913 yeah they have um, so cars it's already, uh, they have cars yeah. and, and their guns are like guns that you recognize at this point like in other than like gangster movies and so it's like oh we're moving on to the modernity i think the machine gun is like a genuine point in like marking the end of the romanticized like oh we tr- they're gunslingers none of that matters when you know machine guns are a thing at that point but my main issue mm-hmm. is that it wasn't the wild one, which is what <laughs> I was, was expecting it to be. <laughs> I was preparing mean? for somehow a western involving Marlon Brando on a motorbike, which doesn't really make sense. <laughs> well, it makes no sense. I was like, how are they going to make that work? I want to see that. <laughs> I, I would, yeah, I would actually be impressed by that. If that was a movie, I would totally watch that. <laughs> but both films are also kind of about toxic masculinity, or just masculinity in general. I think toxic masculinity is too, much, too modern of a term. This is, these are films that interrogate the male identity, especially Deliverance. Well, Deliverance, I, I always saw as, like, someone being, like, I'm not part of this structured society and Mm. I could be uh, back to like nature any moment. But then when, you know, when it it really comes to it, yeah, he he does kind of is able to handle himself. And the guy who's like abiding by the strict moral codes we've adopted as like civilized people is the one that Mm. dies. But it's somewhere in between that is really successful it's john voigt's right he's he's the yes kind of, amazing i i yeah. loved him in this this is probably one of my favorite performances i've seen in a while because he starts out as this kind of you can it's all eye acting so much eye acting he has this he, he starts out as kind of this gentle soul 
and you can and the moment that the transformation begins is when they first encounter the hillbillies and you can see the panic and fear in his eyes when he realizes what situation they've gotten themselves into mm-hmm. oh yeah and then he changes he adapts he takes on he takes on uh burt reynolds's like survivalist character's mm-hmm. instincts quite literally one thing i noticed that i didn't mm-hmm. really focus on before was when he's uh, trying to unbuckle him and he puts in his pipe <laughs> and then he knocks it out yeah. you could read that in like if i was in a cinema studies class now i would be like mm. well it's about like his masculinity and it's being like you know thrown out of he he's the pipe symbolizes mm. a phallic you know object and then it's being cut off or whatever so uh yeah that's an observation <laughs> Did you sit? You were, were talking about kind of the under this kind of underlying homoeroticism between his character and Burr Reynolds's character, because mm-hmm. there's that sequence on the before they got into terrible like trouble, where he mm-hmm. goes like, "Well, you seem to have a nice wife, nice kids," and then what did he say? Like, well, "Why do you come?" Like, he's and then why do you come on these trips with me? And then he's like, "Yeah, I don't know about that." <laughs> he just leans back and he's like, he's like "I don't know." It's great. You say this as if yeah. you fully missed that bit off. Well, I saw that last bit. And then I recounted it to you because I knew it was a significant bit. Exactly. That's why I want to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting you, you water. About, uh, <laughs> stay dehydrated throughout the film. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Also, the canoeing seats, kayaking, sorry, kayaking sequences are mm. exhilarating and look so mm. dangerous. How do they do it? It's really them. Like, yeah. honestly, it's the actors. It's going the 70s. The rapids. You can do How that did they kind of not stuff. die? You can do that kind of stuff. That's you know, right. the French Connection, you see that car chase scene. I was always like, yeah. wow, how did they do that? And then you read about it, and it's like, oh, they just did that. And we're like, maybe someone it. will die, maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll figure and it out. Kind of crazy. One thing I really appreciate about both of these films is that these are kind of action-heavy movies that star normal-looking guys or like even older-looking guys. Mm. So much of the tension is removed nowadays. When we watched that plane movie, I never had a second of doubt that Gerald Butler wasn't going to like handle himself and make it out of this. But watching something like Deliverance, like John Voight, he just looks like a dude. Mm. And that transformation, like towards the end when he was with, he's with the bow and arrow, he's climbing it. It's it feels so visceral and so much more real because he's he it's just this guy not a not chris pratt the muscled up heavy yeah even back on like jurassic park used to be jeff goldblum and that yeah. other guy not like chris pratt exactly sam neil yeah. just they both look like just regular dudes yeah what happened still we... yeah. what happened but it's like we were reverted because like in the 20s and 30s it was mm. all like glitz and glam and everyone was all dressed up and, and then, then the it 70s, like it's dropped back to like being normal people again and mm. now we've gone all like fancy everyone needs to look buff and skinny yeah when when do mm. we get back to like guys like me and arvin being movie stars i exactly. guess in 10 to 15 years time that's too late it's gonna regress. My... <laughs> okay i can't can't wait. We would have missed our window by then. Oh, you, know? you pet, just make make it. Make films with you pet in it. We should start making movies and just assuming mm-hmm. the leading roles. Come yeah. like. Uh, yeah. Why not? Who's an example of that? I guess Kevin Smith. <laughs> Kevin Smith? Oh, okay, yeah. It still annoys me how he like gleefully boasts that he knows nothing about cinematography. 
when that and like I'm like, oh, you can't be a director and still like go like, oh, I don't know anything about cameras. And you've been doing this for so long, you still don't know all this. Okay, sure, <laughs> yeah. whatever. But you know, the I thought personally, I thought Deliverance was better directed. I thought like visually. Yes. Oh, beautiful movie. Yeah. The way it observes, like it has, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Werner Herzog. The way he, there's this kind of detached view of observing nature. Mm. It's beautiful too. Like at the end, when they're rowing towards like the sinking village, and it's just treetops poking out of the water, yeah. and then that half half sunk church. Like an apocalypse. It's yeah. Insane. I guess that brings this also connects a lot to like the social commentary on on this like. That's in play with deliverance. This, I, the, the last thing the sheriff says to him, I would like to see this town die peacefully. Oh. And then, very haunting, because I think that at that moment, it's like, I know they both know, like something must have went down, but mm. he doesn't want to start anything. He doesn't want to bring any, like, so he just lets them go. It's like, don't ever come back here. Mm. Just, oh. So perfectly, like, strikes a perfect tone of creepiness. Like with the banjo yeah. scene, it's delightful, oh but it's horrifying. It's, yeah. like, like, everything mm. about it was just sublime. What did you think the banjo scene was trying to communicate? Like, like there's the, I think the very obvious level, like, music is the one thing that can, like, the universal language that exceeds beyond class yeah. divide? Yeah, I, th- I thought so, but I also thought, like, it, um, he kind of outplays him, so there's, like, that mm. we're assuming that we're more civilized and we're assuming that we're more you know, capable of uh, yes. learning, you know, complex uh, arrangements, whatever. And this kid just like outplays the shit out of him. But he's also yeah. just not engaging beyond the music. Like that's the one thing they could get. And then as soon as it's over, he doesn't like uh, shake his mm-hmm. hand. The other guy who was like yes. really mean to him, who was like, not really mean, but he was like, you don't know nothing about nothing. And then he starts dancing. But after that, it's back to... You know, so it's it's like this one glimpse of like this is what we have in common, and it's purely primal, and it's purely just like instinctual, mm-hmm. but everything else is, is just out of sync. We can't can't get it in uh, at all. Mm. And there's like no compromise that we can kind of reach at this point. Yeah, because there and also the the multiple warnings that the locals give them. It's like, mm. what are you doing here? Don't head down the fuck the river. Like you guys don't know what you're doing, and then just continuously brushing them off. Even especially, and and that comes through in the scene when they're like haggling about the money to go to like fifty dollars. Like these guys have fifty dollars to spare for these mm-hmm. folks, and then yeah, they still try to haggle. They still go like, oh, 50 bucks, come on, and like okay, they don't. They see these people as nothing but leeches and undeserving of like it's like you should be happy that we're even offering money for you to help like like to get do this for us. So, Definitely, but it's also kind of like you know just not seeing them as like smart people, or like mm-hmm. like it's sort of like they like everyone everyone's good at their own thing. You can't be good at everything, yeah. and you can't be smart at everything. And life is yes. just more complex than we can account for with the brains that we have. So you tend to assume that this person is just not as good at everything as you are but they probably have in their element they know the woods yeah. better they know this land better and so you can come in and they and know what they're talking land. about yeah yeah we you're need to talk to about the it. wild bunch we need to talk about yeah. the wild bunch i know you guys don't don't like it as much but okay here's what i will say the games the game the cowboy game red dead redemption cribbed 80 percent of its story from this 
Mm-hmm. Like watching them all, I was like, "Oh, so they just took everything from this movie." Like the what? Like hunting down the exactly. The, the setup is exactly the same. In Red Dead Redemption, you play as John Marston, an ex-criminal now tasked to hunt down the members of his old gang down in Mexico. And there's section there's section of the game where you're down in Mexico, you're working with the rebels to fight against the general Lee Simon. Like, okay, so this is exactly blow by blow, beat by beat, the same thing. Which is cool. I think they could have it just kind of made me like the games a little bit less. I was like, oh, you guys didn't try very hard here. You just literally cribbed the story. This is the Sparknotes version of this. But the, I thought the filmmaking on display was very impressive. I love the Western landscape. Then again, I'm, I'm a sucker for Westerns. So I love the iconography. But the way they kind of reinforce how violent and kind of moralless every the entire landscape, the entire country is, I thought was quite an interesting turn of events because like we love it's it's iconography but it's also mythology it's like this thing we look back fondly oh the back back then where men, where men can be men and and horses are horses but now like that's and women <laughs> kind of are whores and women are whore every woman is whore there's <laughs> no there's no real woman <laughs> yeah. no, just... what i thought was interesting about the wild bunch is the comp- the repeated imagery of children Mm-hmm. There's so many shots of the little babies, the little bubbas, and and like just watching on, looking at this, observing the violence on display. I'm trying to figure. There's got to be something. What I think what Peckinpah is trying to trying to say about like the either the impressions that we how this how this violence is something that carries on from generation to generation. It's taught on for generation to generation, or we got to do better. I don't, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Like that's why I was like kind of thinking of after the movie was over, what exactly was he trying to get at? Yeah. Michelle, do you have any assumptions or uh, theories? I mean, I just didn't like the treatment of the horses. It was yeah, a very stressful yeah, experience there, for me. There was one scene on the train where the train like smashes into the crate yeah, and the horse. Yeah, it was yeah. so worried. Yeah, I was like, how could you that do that without horrible. like actually harming a horse? Yeah, it's like, oh, they did that for real, I guess. That's yeah. the only way that could have yeah. happened. All right, well... It's okay. It's 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 a at the same time it's a very it's a western. Um I like the third act though, when everybody dies. Very, very it's very brutal. Um very funny how the main character's last line was literally bitch yeah. <laughs> she gets shot in the back. It's it's so good. It is like a very hopeless ending, I guess. Yeah. There is no out. Like I think it's, it's making it's an indu- it's the 70s, yeah. you're like, there is, there is no end to this lifestyle. But at the very end, when he goes in, the, the last line's like, well, it ain't what it used to be, but it's something. And then he <laughs> joins him. First of all, I thought that that guy, the, the, the ex-convict, he, look, he's, he, he looks so much like uh, Tim- Timothy Oliphant's character in Deadwood. So I'm just imagining him the entire time. What? And then he just made me wish I was watching Deadwood. I was like, oh, oh okay, Deadwood, was... right? I thought, I mean, yeah, I don't like know why guy. I thought you meant uh, justified. I was like, no, 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 no. He looks nothing like him, but in Deadwood, a little bit. Like, like Waylon Gibbons. <laughs> Man, I think I might watch. Uh, okay, we show you watch Justified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> watch Justified again. Yeah, yeah it's a good show. So good. Maybe it's bad. I don't remember. <laughs> well, how can you like Justified if you don't like westerns when it's kind of just the it's same? Because day. they have cars. He drives a car, <laughs> and he goes to work, and he drinks out of a coffee cup out of a mug. It's not it's like... It's Yeah, yeah. And uh, hey, they, there's modern medicine. <laughs> yeah, they don't talk in cliches. Yeah, they have TVs. 
indoor plumbing. <laughs> I don't get it. I just I can't spend time in those worlds. Like I just I'm like the entire time I'm like, oh my god, it looks so hot and miserable. <laughs> yeah, everyone here is dying of dysentery yeah. one way or the other. <laughs> it's just, it's just ugh. And they all look so dirty. Oh. Um, that's kind of what I liked about it. It's very, it has a real texture to it. These guys look like look miserable. Everything <laughs> takes so be... long. They have to be like, whoa, yeah. whoa, we'll go over there. And it's like the whole montage about him, them on horses. <laughs> it's like... mm. Well, I will say, like the, for the Wild Bunch, it reminds me less of the Western, but more like something akin to something like Heat. Then, like that's why it's like, oh, this feels much more like a more modern crime thriller as opposed to a, a traditional Western. Um, yeah. All right. Shall we take a break? Let's do it. Let's do it. And we're back. Now let's step right up. Seven reels. That's <laughs> rate them up. Yeah. I know what you guys are probably going to go with. Five to Deliverance, mm. two to the Wild Bunch. I'm surprised Maybe one and a half. To one work. and a half? That's what it follows more in line. Mm-hmm. Um, Yusuf? Yeah, I'm going to go five and two. All right. I, just based on how much I like Deliverance, I still really, really like The Wild Bunch. I'll, I'll have to go with the same. I think Deliverance is a much better film. When you watch it, you go like, oh, it's always mess- it's saying something clearly and uh, thought-provoking. Okay. Which brings us to what we've been watching this week. Yusuf, you watched a couple of films this week, haven't you? Yes. Watched a lot of. So I watched The Bedroom Window. That's on Criterion. Mm-hmm. It's it's alright. It's like a erotic thriller starring Isabelle Huppert. She's, ah. she's very erotic. It. <laughs> she does, I was like, that. that's everything she does. Okay. Yeah. And then I watched yeah, Europa. Didn't didn't quite enjoy it. I liked it. <laughs> so I don't I don't get it. I mean it's it's interesting. It has some cool things to it. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. But I mean I, I don't get the it's so rambling. It's like yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't really enjoy it. I loved uh Will Success Spoil Rock Hunter. That's on Criterion. It stars Jane Mansfield. It's mm-hmm. a nineteen fifty seven comedy. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like supposed to be like oh my god can you believe they said that but it's really tame by today's standards but it's so funny <laughs> it's honestly so funny this ad executive wants to like get this girl uh, wants to get this movie star in his ad and then she thinks he's the vice president of this ad company and then uh, you know she becomes screwball comedy. Yeah, 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 and it's so funny. It's it's actually so funny because he pl- they play with the medium. Like halfway through the movie, he interrupts the movie and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I know you guys are used to TV and how you love TV, so <laughs> TV. so we're gonna present you as a break here." And then uh, at the beginning of the movie, he does the 20th Century Fox uh, theme song. Like he plays all the instruments and he's like, "Yeah, you gotta do that to make it in the movie." Stuff like that. So it's kind of meta. I love that. Yeah. It's really good. That sounds very, very fun. Yeah. Wait, what is it called again? Will Success Spoil Rock Hunter. 1957. <laughs> yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, we watched John Wick 4. Or oh, I dragged shit. Michelle to IMAX to see John oh Wick 4. Oh my god, how was it? <laughs> 
It's all right. It's pretty oh, good. Okay. It's, uh, I don't think it's like the masterpiece everyone's complaining, mm-hmm. like like uh, stating stating it to be. Mm-hmm. It's a good action movie, but it's not the next Fury Road, as some people say. I'm oh, like, okay, yeah. that's a f- no. It's not very loud movie. Very loud. Very very loud movie. This is like the most gunshots per second I've ever experienced in the IMAX theater, and uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty good, pretty fun. Some very inspired sequences. Uh-huh. Very very stupid story. Very very dumb. Very right. it's and it's written knowingly to be dumb because the, well most of the dialogue is like terrible and the characters mm-hmm. like do things and get themselves killed and you're like why mm-hmm. did you you didn't have to do okay okay I guess it's dramatic. But uh, it's it's fun, beautifully beautifully choreographed. Keanu Reeves is very very good in it. Doesn't have much to say, so he does mostly. <laughs> he, has, he has like he has like less than three hundred. Apparently, he has like less than three hundred fifty words in the entire movie. No um, most of it is just action, 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 action. Fun, disposable. Ultimately, I would say. What okay. else did we watch? No. Uh, I think we watch. Well, if you if you. Sorry, just before we move on from John Wick, if you had to rank mm-hmm. the movies, which one would be? Oh, I would say one, four, th- three, two. A lot of people like two, but I think two has like the weakest like first forty minutes. Interesting. Uh, because for the first, yeah, because for the first forty minutes, nothing literally happens until you get to the big Italian set piece. But three was entertaining consistently, and mm-hmm. but this one is fine. This one has is the most impressive, technically. Were there any guest, guest cameos? Uh, not really guest cameos. They all showed up for significant like, portions of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donnie Yen, I wish, like, by the time the movie ended, I wish the entire movie was just about his character because they do make him very, very cool. But it's stupid. These, the th- final 20 minutes are so mind-bogglingly stupid uh, that I kind of, it kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. I was like, wait, this is the final boss? Okay. All right, that's that's it. That's it's, it's kind of dumb. I don't want to spoil what happens, but like it's it's really dumb. No, don't. I'll have Michelle. To did you like minutes. it? Did you fall asleep? I did for like fifteen minutes. <laughs> okay. Just at the quieter bits. <laughs> the quieter bits when they're not shooting each other. Yeah, but I had done a ten-hour shit, but it's... yeah, no, so it was big. All right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't fault you there. <laughs> and no, it was like no. three hours long, so. No, no, it's 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 perfectly fine. Well, that brings us to our recommendations. What are we recommending? So I'm going to recommend Straw Dogs. Mm. Yeah. Michelle? I have no idea. No idea. 2009, starring Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> 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 make up this movie. <laughs> My movie. He's been so... Yeah. <laughs> He's in so many stuff. Actress. Yeah. He's in so many weird things. Look up his IMDb and it's always like, what, when did this come out? <laughs> There's one when he marries Cameron Diaz in Vegas. Oh, it happens in Vegas. Yeah. That one's on TV a lot. I, I've seen that one. It's the um, other one. Yeah, he's in a bunch of these. No strings attached. That came out the same year as uh, Friends with Benefits. It just seems like we think we released two movies about the same thing back to back. So weird. He did. He was in. Uh, no, I don't know. He's in a lot of weird All stuff. Right. My recommendation. Is, I think I already recommended this before, but it's, it reminded me a lot of that. William Freakin's The Sorcerer, another movie oh. about guys stuck in a situation and things getting worse and worse mm. and worse and worse. I was going to recommend Zardoz, John Borman's like, other weird movie 
that we watch together, but I don't think it connects to Deliverance too much. So, mm. I guess Butch Cassidy. Butch Cassidy, yeah. And the Sundance That's Kid. A, the yeah. Sundance Kid. That's a good one. The first like ten minutes of that movie was amazing, and then it just became two guys hanging out on a farm. No, 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 no. Actually. That shocked me when I watched it. I was like, Boy, this is so anachronistic. Why are you doing this? No, I changed mine. Oh. I want it to be Stand By Me. Because oh. ah. well, I think Deliverance is just a more intense version. Of <laughs> Instead it of is. a dead body, <laughs> a man a gets sodomized. <laughs> 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 oh, I had to bring up. He was oddly pretty put together, despite being solid, like being raped. I was, I was like, well, I was like, oh, dude, you seem like pretty okay. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. He was like, yeah, we we should bury him. I don't want this kid around. <laughs> oh, we never brought it up in the first part. Do you think he actually committed suicide, or was he shot when he fell into the river when the guy drew? What's his name? Oh. Uh... No, I think he was shot. That's my opinion. You know. I think he fell in. Well, I think he, he committed suicide. In, yeah. Oh, really? Because he, like, he couldn't, he couldn't deal with it. He couldn't deal with it. Because the thing before, he was having such a hard time trying to struggle. He was like, no, we must bring it to you. Like, this is the right thing to do. Us, as civilized men, need to be accountable for savagery. And they were like, no. All of them were like, no, we're burying this motherfucker. So we're not taking what, the fall. What would you we're do not going to go to jail situation? for this. Both I would bury him. I would have just left him. I would have left. <laughs> Michelle, you would have been married to Michelle, but just. You left. wouldn't have even attempted to. <laughs> well, yeah, who's gonna come looking for him anyway? Exactly. That's... Well, that's the point. People do come looking, right? That's the, that's the whole thing. They were being questioned by the cops because, like, well, someone's brother-in-law went missing. Like, they're not out of the woods yet, even though they're like. I, I thought that was great. It's like, oh, they're still stuck in society. And they are outsiders. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. That brings us to what we will be watching next week. What are we watching next week, Yusuf? We're watching The Brood. David Cronenberg's The Brood. Optional. Ooh. If you want to watch Crimes of the Future, <laughs> you could. If not, then honestly, mm-hmm. I, I doubt you'd be missing anything. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So. Sorry. <laughs> this is how we say what well, you see the first like <laughs> There's a, a child eating a garbage bin in it. I was like, what? Wow. That's awesome. What you t- <laughs> that sounds cool. Okay, I'll well maybe that. I'm yeah. Alright. Yeah, maybe watch it. <laughs> Alright, well that's it for today. Keep it real. Join us next time for the brute. Yeah. Bye. Insane. The Seventh Reel is hosted by Marvin Wong, Michelle Hassel, and Yusuf El Bashir. Logo by Joe Conti. Our Adric music is composed by Yusuf Sui Lin, and our outro music is composed by Yahya El Bashir. Thanks for listening. <laughs>